Welcome to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Thank you so much for joining us this weekend. I'm Jason Kong here with attorney Bill Alexander. Bill, how are you doing today? Ah, doing great, Jason. Hope you are. I'm doing great. I, I well, know you said you're doing well, but you've, you've got a busy week coming up. Uh, you got your webinars happening on Wednesday. Uh, well, that's true. Uh, it, it's In fact, I'm, I'm always looking forward to it. it you know, it's mid-July or it's at least getting towards mid-July and it's uh, it's um, hot <laughs> and so uh, quite frankly it's a great time uh, you know to attend our webinar because uh, for most of us we would be indoors and in air conditioning and uh, that's not a bad place to be uh, you know uh, on a hot morning or afternoon for our webinars and so I would encourage folks uh, to attend you know our morning uh, webinar uh, will be on long-term care uh, with an emphasis on Medicaid for those who need nursing facility care of course we're going to go over all of the government programs that can help folks pay uh, for um, assistance. Uh, and of course, there are different programs for different levels. And then there's also some veterans benefits thrown in there as well for long-term care issues. But, you know, a lot of families uh, uh, have to deal uh, with those. And our, our webinar really does a good job of, of educating people on uh, the ins and outs of most of those programs. It, it shares with folks uh, so that they can determine if they might be eligible at some point in the future or the things that they need to do to get eligible. Because quite frankly, most people are not eligible for Medicaid without some professional help. That's the reason we stay busy. But the fact is, is you do not have to be poor to go on Medicaid if you need nursing facility care. Uh, now, there's some other programs, Medicaid at Home, which is, uh, it is based on being poor. But like I said, there's lots of different programs, and people don't realize that, and they make some terrible mistakes when they try to do it without good counsel. So a good place to start, quite frankly, is with the webinar. Uh, that is uh, typically about two hours. Uh, and I've, I've never actually had anybody say, gee whiz, I wish I hadn't done this. I didn't learn a thing. <laughs> so I do my best at, to educate folks as much as I can on these issues. And I, quite frankly, have some folks that come back two or three times to get a little bit more each time because sometimes it just takes a while to sink in. But in the afternoon, we also do a webinar on asset protection planning and how asset protection works. It's not focused on long-term care. It's actually focused on trust-based planning and how that can actually work. And we go from the basics to the extreme, if you will, trying to give folks a taste of how some good asset protection planning can work for, for folks. And then that's another two-hour uh, webinar, but uh, it's in the afternoon. So I would encourage folks uh, to sign up. It, it, it certainly makes a difference. Now, with that said, with Medicaid, uh, half the battle is just m making folks aware 
of the the things that they think is correct and they're totally wrong. <laughs> you know, so I, I talk about uh, three of what I call the three big lies about Medicaid. Now, you know, that for a, a lie to have substance, it generally is a half truth or a half lie, if you will. And that, but the fact is, is the substance of it is that it's incorrect. People think, number one, that you have to be poor to be on Medicaid in a nursing home. And the fact is, is that Medicaid is not a net worth issue. It's what kind of uh, assets do you have? And, and quite frankly, uh, it's, it's about income, it's about assets, uh, and it's about the, the level of care that you need. But frankly, you can own a home worth over $600,000. I mean, how many people have homes that are worth more than that? In fact, if you have real estate that's worth more than that, you can still make it non-countable and, and be on Medicaid. Uh, in fact, I've never seen a piece of real estate in North Carolina that could not be made non-countable for Medicaid and protected. Uh, you know, years ago, I had a, a, a lady uh, uh, that had a, a $2 million farm in Chatham County. And yeah, she was on Medicaid. Okay, call her land rich, cash poor. But the bottom line is we could make her farm non-countable. So first lie about Medicaid or misconception is that you got to be poor. Second lie is if I go on Medicaid, I'm going to lose my home to Medicaid. That's called Medicaid estate recovery. And the fact is, is your home is an exempt asset for eligibility as long as the tax value is less than, I believe it's $637,000. Uh, and so most folks, without any problem, their home is exempt. Now, if they're single, they have to have an intent to return home. That's a trick that they use to make homes countable at times. But anybody can sign an intent to return home. That's the only thing you have to remember. If you're single and if you're a married couple, you don't have to worry about it at all. But bottom line is, in North Carolina, we have a number of different ways of protecting your home and protecting any other real estate that you might own from Medicaid estate recovery. But you have to do some things to protect it. You can't, uh, you can't just assume that because I'm eligible for Medicaid that my house will be protected as well. Biggest mistake that families make is they don't see an attorney who knows how to deal with this stuff until after their loved one has died. That's not the time to see an attorney. It's before a person dies because you can protect it. Oftentimes, there's very little you can do after a person dies. There are a few little things that sometimes work, but frankly, you have to do it in advance. And so, so that's the second big lie, that you will lose your home. It, you won't lose it as long as you see a good elder law attorney before death. And then the third uh, uh, big lie is if you give stuff away, you have to wait five years before you're eligible for uh, Medicaid. 
And again, that's a misconception based on a half-life. Yes, DSS will look at all of the gifting that you've made, particularly gifts to children and grandchildren. They'll also look at cash transactions, and they will penalize those as well because they assume if you're giving, getting cash, unless you have receipts, which very few folks would have, they assume you're giving that money to your kids and grandkids. And so it's not fair, but it's the way they do it. So as you get older, you got to stop using cash so that your transactions are transparent. Use a credit card or a debit card, but not cash. Um, and that will help. And of course, you also have to stop making gifts to your children and grandchildren if you uh, hope to be on Medicaid in the future uh, because you have it'll be penalized. But almost every application we have where we help our families, there is some gifting to children and grandchildren. And the, and the fact is, you can undo it. You don't, have to have, you don't have to be penalized. You can do what's called a gift back. And you don't have to give back the same property that was gifted initially. And you don't even have to have the same person gift it back. So, and you don't have to gift it back in cash. You can gift it back a number of different ways in which to undo any penalty that might have been created during that five-year look-back period. The, the five years is simply a look-back period so that DSS can look back to make sure you haven't given everything away just to be eligible for Medicaid uh, at, at a, you know, five years hence. And so, yes, you have to worry about everything you've done five years prior to making your application, but with good help, you can remedy any, in almost every case, you can remedy the things that you've done. And of course, again, part of the remedy, and I, I know I preach this, but part of the remedy is having an adequate general durable power of attorney, which most seniors they have a power of attorney, but they don't have an adequate power of attorney. They need to see an elder law attorney to get a good, advanced, general, dur durable power of attorney. With that, you can cure anything. No one likes surprises when it comes to their legal documents, so make sure that you've done the proper planning. If you haven't seen an elder law attorney or if you haven't had your documents reviewed by one, this is the time to do it. Don't wait till it's too late. Schedule an appointment to speak with Bill. You can go to WGALaw.com to learn more and to schedule an appointment. That's also where you can go to register for the free webinars happening this Wednesday. As Bill said, you know, we there's so many half-truths that we think we know. Get the full story, and you can do it for free by attending Bill's webinars. These are highly educational as Bill explained, you're going to learn a lot, and again, it's a wonderful opportunity for you. There's no risk involved. It's free to register. Just go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. Again, the morning session will cover Medicaid, veterans benefits, all assistance available to you dealing with long-term care. The afternoon session deals with asset protection planning. Go to WGALaw.com click on the seminars button at the top of the page or you can also call the office 919-256-7000 919-256-7000 and do that as soon as you can because as we said the webinars are happening this wednesday 
July 13th. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Bill's free webinars are happening this Wednesday, July 13th. You can register and attend for free by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the Seminars button at the top of the page. If you've ever had questions or uh, uncertainty related to Medicaid and long-term care assistance, veterans benefits, this is a wonderful free educational opportunity for you. Go to WGALaw.com, click on that seminars button at the top of the page and do it soon because the webinars are happening this Wednesday, July 13th. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. Bill, in last week's show, we got into a discussion on asset protection, estate planning, and making sure that we have contingency planning incorporated into this because th- there's so many things that can happen that we can't foresee. No, no question. In fact, that's one of the things that I think is really important about good planning, and that is that uh, a good estate plan will have some flexibility built in uh, in order to accommodate those things that we cannot foresee. And so, uh, and this is particularly true uh, in trust-based planning where you can actually do some really cool tax planning uh, for your children and grandchildren. And for those folks uh, uh, who are interested in asset protection planning through trusts, uh, and of course our webinar touches on, on some of this, but uh, my trust-based plans, I, I'm a big believer, particularly when children are going to receive a substantial inheritance, which is true frequently, quite frankly, um, that the best way for children to, uh, to, to take their inheritance is in a lifetime asset protection trust, which the child controls. Not a common trust for all the kids, but each child having their own trust. And you know, uh, an asset protection trust that's, that's lifetime like that, um, it, you know, one of the biggest concerns for parents uh, it, it is our children's marriages, you know, because there's such a high percentage of divorce. And uh, no, none of us want our child to inherit from us and then that inheritance go to an ex-spouse through a divorce. And quite frankly, um, it's, you know, for folks who inherit property directly, it's really hard for a person to keep their inheritance separate from their spouse. And once it's commingled, it's marital property and it's going to be divided. But if a child gets a lifetime trust from their parents that's asset protected and controlled by the child, that's not going to be marital property. So it will not be considered in a divorce, uh, which is extremely uh, helpful 
And it's what most of us as parents want to ensure that we can protect our children in that way. But if it's asset protected then it, and it's done right, then it'll also protect them from lawsuits if, if they're professionals, from malpractice lawsuits, or if they're in a bad car wreck that's where they don't have adequate liability insurance, or if they're in a business situation where uh, their business goes south or there's contractual disputes or those kinds of things, then uh, an asset protection trust basically means that the, the child's not going to lose that money, uh, that inheritance, uh, because of misfortune uh, that occurs uh, in, in the future. This same thing is true. Uh, if the child is actually ends up being disabled or or the like, there are protections and contingencies in a, a lifetime trust like that. But some of the toggles that I like to have that you can't foresee is how well will your child do? Well, I generally, as a default for a child's trust, create it as a pass-through so that the income, even though it's discretionary distributions that gives it asset protection for the income. The income is actually taxed to the child directly, which has several advantages, makes the trust far easier to administer, and it gives them an overall much lower income tax rate for trust income. Uh, and Now, if the child is a big earner, and is being taxed at the very highest tax rate, then our trust can be toggled to what's called a complex trust, which has advantages because then the trust income can be distributed to the children, the grandchildren, uh, and um, taxed to the grandchildren rather than taxed to the son at the or daughter at the very highest tax rate. Uh, and for those who are fortunate enough, there are not many, uh, to be at the highest tax rate, then a complex trust is actually the best kind of trust to have. So we make sure that our trust has a toggle like that. Another flexibility or toggle that we build into our lifetime trust is we can't foresee necessarily how large our child's estate will be when they are seniors. And so uh, they might have something close to a taxable estate. And by taxable, I'm talking about estate tax. So we're talking about a child with an estate, you know, might be seven or eight million dollars or more, depending on what the exemption is in the future. And that's another thing we don't know. Um, but the bottom line is, we make our, our trust so that most of it can skip to the grandchildren without going through the child's estate. Well, that's a huge savings because estate tax generally is 55%. Today it's 40%, but it's going to go back up to 55 in a couple years. Um, and then you have capital gains tax, which is only 20% at the highest rate. So what I'm getting at is if you have a taxable estate, it's far better to have a generation skip. But if you don't have a taxable estate, we allow it, some of your trust or all of it to be toggled into the child's estate 
up to the maximum of the exemption, the estate tax exemption, so that there's a step up in income tax basis if it goes through the child's estate. So best of both worlds, but having that flexibility is what makes good trust planning. Good tax planning makes good trust planning. So those are some of the things where contingencies make a difference. And of course, our trusts always uh, take into the possibility of a, a child or grandchild being disabled or addicted or um, uh, those kinds of things as well, because those are contingencies that matter a great deal uh, to us as parents, too. They are, and you want to have that peace of mind when you're doing your planning and know that once it's complete that uh, it's going to achieve everything that you want to. So that's why it's important. If you want to uh, learn more about asset protection planning and trust planning, you can attend Bill's free webinar happening this Wednesday, July 13th. You can go to WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button at the top of the page. It's free to register, free to attend. Learn more by going to WGALaw.com. Dot com and clicking on the seminars button. And if you want to learn about long-term care assistance that may be available to you, whether it's through Medicaid or VA benefits, long-term care is such an expensive proposition, but there could be assistance available to you. Go to WGALaw.com, register for Bill's long-term care assistance webinar happening in the morning on Wednesday, July 13th. Again, WGALaw.com, click on the seminars button or call the office. The phone number is 919-256-7000. 919-256-7000. We're taking a short break, but we'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander, and we'll be right back. You're listening to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com if you want to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill or if you want to register for Bill's free webinars happening this Wednesday, July 13th. That's the best place to go. WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button at the top of the page. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And, uh, you know, Bill, we've these shows right before the the webinars are always jam-packed with a lot of information because there's so much that goes into them. Uh, well, it, it is. And quite frankly, I'd, I would strongly encourage folks uh, if they have any uh, interest in either area. You know, if you have a, a parent or a grandparent or a friend uh, or a spouse who's going downhill fast and you're concerned about long-term care, our long-term care webinar is extremely helpful, and it's accurate. I can assure you that in terms of the information. And there's so much bad information out on the street, if you will, because there are very few folks who really have the entire picture of what's available and how it works. Um, and, of course, the same thing is true when it comes to trust planning, uh, because uh, even with trust planning, I've, I can't tell you how many horrible trusts that I've reviewed uh, over the years where they're just very poorly drafted. Um, 
and of course there's a difference in terms of the quality of work and so I, I, I don't say this uh, an, enough but it's the kind of thing where if what I talk about as it relates to asset protection and planning and trust planning if it makes sense to you I'd encourage you to come see us yeah you know we are uh, a highly rated law firm and in, in fact, uh, you can't get a higher rating than what we have. And we've had the very highest ratings uh, for 20 years uh, or longer. Uh, I mean, I've been practicing law for 40, almost 46 years now, if you can believe that, Jason. Uh, but, you know, AARP uh, recently had an article about how to find a good lawyer. It, and it, it was more than that. It was how to find a good doctor and a good financial advisor and all the other stuff, too. But I'm not any of those things but a lawyer. So, uh, you know, I actually uh, really liked what they said. And it, and it was like finding a good lawyer, the best way to do it, is from a referral from another attorney. Well, in that sense, we do get a lot of referrals from other attorneys and CPAs and, and uh, financial advisors and social workers and the like. But the fact is, is that there is one rating company, it's called Martindale and Hubble, that rate, they don't rate lawyers. They have other lawyers rate lawyers. That's how you get their rating. So it is a peer review rating and it's extremely difficult for lawyers to get an a rating a v v means ethical a means best and uh we've been a v for 25 years uh i've been a v for 25 years law firm uh but we also have what's called a v preeminent rating uh, and that basically means among A-rated lawyers, we're in the very top category of that. So as peer review ratings, other lawyers have rated us the very best when it comes to estate planning and elder law. So that, yes, I am very proud of that because it, it's the, the Arndale and Hubble, their peer review is not gamed. It is, you know, so all the others out there, you know, there's super lawyers and AVO and, and uh, there are a number of elite lawyers. They're all based on paying them money uh, if you get right down to it uh, and, uh, or, uh, or going with the flow. Martindale and Hubble is not that way. And so that makes me extremely proud of our rating. But the, the, the key is we would love to see you in the office. If, and, of course, we love uh, f folks to come see us and so that we can help them. Um, so I would just simply encourage folks to consider getting your estate planning done and getting it done uh, with an attorney that you feel comfortable with. And I hope I can fill that bill for you. Yeah, and you're you're very kind to say that, Bill, because, uh, you know, you, you, you don't boast a lot on this show, and maybe you should because you've, you've earned that right and you have the ratings to back it up. And you put your money where your mouth is, especially with the webinars. It's free to attend. There's no obligation for you, but... I think you'll find that these are highly educational, and Bill knows all the facts. It's extremely accurate, so uh, there's no cost to you. There's there's no 
uh, output on your end that, that can hurt you. So if you attend the webinar and like what you see, then you can go from there. But again, it's a wonderful no obligation opportunity for you to learn more about some very complex subjects, whether it's long-term care assistance and Medicaid, or whether it's asset protection planning or trust planning. Bill's got both of those webinars available for you to attend. Go to WGALaw.com. Dot com. Click on the seminars button. The morning session this Wednesday, July 13th, is the long-term care webinar if you would like to attend that one. The afternoon session deals with the asset protection and trust planning subjects. Again, those are happening this Wednesday, July 13th. So go now to WGALaw.com and click on the seminars button to register for free or call 919-256-7000, 919 256-7000. A quick break and back with more. This is Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Asset Protection Today with attorney Bill Alexander. You can learn more about him by going online to WGALaw.com. WGALaw.com. I'm Jason Kong here with Bill Alexander. And Bill, I think we're going to be broaching a new subject now. And all, all married folks tend to be familiar with a certain type of account, the joint account. Well, actually, I think what I'm going to talk about, it still goes along the line of it depends because everything you do, you can do an alternative way. And sometimes, depending on what your goals are, one way is far better than another. And quite frankly, often it's very, very common for seniors particularly to set up bank accounts and sometimes investment accounts uh, so that one of their children uh, can act on their behalf. And so it's very, very common for a widow, widower, to go to the bank with one of their children and have the child sign on the account. And more often than not, the bankers and sometimes financial advisors set up these accounts uh, as joint ownership account. In other words, a joint account with rights of survivorship. Now, is there an alternative to, to skin that cat? Yes, of course it is. In other words, you can create a general durable power of attorney naming that same child as your agent, and then go to the bank and have the account set up as your account, but with your child acting as your agent to have access and be able to um, invest the money and or spend the money on your behalf, pay your bills and the like. And the fact is, is at least in my experience, more often than not, when seniors go to the bank and put their child on the account, they're doing it for convenience purposes. In other words, I want my child to be able to look over my account each month, pay my bills, make sure that things 
are handled properly and make sure I don't get taken advantage of. Well, you know, the fact is, and, and more often than not, you know what I hear from the seniors? Oh, she will do the right thing. Well, what does that mean? Okay. <laughs> In other words, she will share this account with her brothers when I die. Well, the fact is, when you have a joint account with right of survivorship, legally, the account will belong to the child that you've set up the account with. Well, is that a problem? Well, it might be, because the fact is, you know, sometimes we make assumptions. We have a good child. Our child is taking care of me. You know, he or she is doing a wonderful job. Uh, I can trust my child, and I know my child will do the right thing. And, and sometimes that's true. But you know what? Sometimes it's not true. And the fact is, is that what you're doing is setting you up your family for a potential problem, a potential fight. Because if it's a large account, and sometimes I've seen them pretty big, and, you know, it's the kind of thing where even a, a child who's doing a nice job taking care of you could take the position, oh, mom wanted me to have this account to basically pay me for helping her out, taking care of her, making sure her bills are paid. Well, this is compensation for me. I mean, that sounds justifiable, doesn't it? <laughs> well, the fact is, you know, oftentimes... Taking care of a senior, a loved one, can be a lot of work, and sometimes it's less work, but most of us love our parents, and we, we want to make sure that they're taken care of, and we're not looking for compensation uh, for looking over things, making sure the bills are paid, or even being there for them and, and seeing about them, which can be a lot of work as well. But is compensation appropriate? Sometimes it is, and sometimes it's not. So what's the answer? It depends, because quite frankly, you may have set up the account as a smaller account, and you really do want your child to have the balance of the account upon your death. But my experience tells me more often than not, they're actually on the account for your convenience, not for them to take the account at your death. Uh, and so for all of those folks who think uh, that their child will do the right thing, it's a lot easier where you're not setting your family up to fight to appoint your child as your agent and have them sign the account as your agent. Then it's very, very clear that, yes, they can do all the things you want them to do to help you, but at your death, that agency is voided, and the property then goes through your estate or your trust to all of your children, uh, more often than not equally, but not always. You know, And sometimes people do give an extra share in their plan to the child who's helped them the most, and that's okay, too. Uh, it really just depends on, okay, what are you trying to do? What are you trying to accomplish? 
Um, but the reason that I bring this up is because more often than not, this is sort of the default position when you take your child into the bank and say, I want to add my child to this account. Uh, more often than not, it's, uh, oh, you don't have a power of attorney with you right now, so we have to set this up as a joint account with right of survivorship to, in order for the account to do what you want it to do. Um, now, obviously, what's the solution? Get the power of attorney before you go to the bank. <laughs> so, I mean, frankly, it's the kind of thing where if you've lost your spouse and you're alone and you need uh, the help of one of your children, um, you need some estate planning documents anyway, and having that power of attorney is one of those basic documents that every senior should have. So. Uh, frankly, it's um, it you're responsible, and and why would you want to set your family up to fight? Because uh, for a lot of families, uh, an equal division uh, among your children is not a bad idea. Because the fact is, is that unless there's really good reason for it to be unequal. Uh, e equality among children tends to keep everybody happy, uh, where that no one resents someone else. But you know, there are a lot of other circumstances too that might skew what I'm saying. I mean, for instance, uh, you have one child that's really doing everything, and two or three children that may not live close by, or maybe they do live close by, but they're doing nothing. Um, you know, it's kind of thing where sometimes you do, in fact, uh, want to make sure that a child is taken care of because of what they've done for you. But the key there is to make sure that it's fair to the child who's doing the work, and it's fair to the other children, too. And what I mean by that is, okay, and of course, the other factor that you can have is, let's say a child, in order to take care of you and accomplish your goals, keep you at home, has actually given up their job and moved to where to your home to take care of you. Well, that's a pretty special kind of thing. But again, people do things uh, in a way that is not a great idea. For instance, it's like, okay, I'll move home with my, you, mom, but you've got to leave the house to me. Well, the fact is, no, you don't have to leave the house uh, to that child. However, because what's, what's the issue? The issue is, okay, if you live another 10 years, maybe it's fair if the child's doing a whole lot of work that the house actually goes to them. But what if you die next month? That would be totally unfair for the child to get the house when they've only taken care of you for a few months. Um, and so that's a big deal. Now, when I have that situation, what I recommend uh, is that you agree on how much you should actually um, um, give to the child each month for helping you. Uh, and, and then you can secure that debt, because oftentimes you can't afford to pay them that much. So you secure that debt with the house with uh, what we call a revolving promissory note so that each month what you owe the child grows and is secured by the house and if they're long, if they if they take care of you long enough then the house might be theirs or 
uh, they can pay their siblings off very fairly easily, uh, depending on how long they take care of you. But at least that way, there's a care agreement in place, and the compensation is going to be based on how much that child actually does to help you, uh, rather than just uh, fly by the night. Yes, you can have the house if you, you know, do what I want you to do. So anyway. It depends. <laughs> a little bit of planning on the front end and thinking things out a little bit into the future really goes a long way in these situations. As Bill said, you don't want to be caught in with any sort of surprises or things left open to interpretation because, again, that's where things can get a little bit messy. If you would like to schedule an appointment to speak with Bill, you can go to WGA Law. That's a great way to do it. Or you can call the office 919-256-7000 to schedule a time to speak with Bill. You can also go to WGALaw.com if you're interested in learning more about Bill's free webinars. Bill has two webinars happening on Wednesday, April 13th, covering the subjects of long-term care assistance, as well as asset protection and trust planning. They are free to attend. It's free to register, and you can enjoy the education from Bill from the comfort of your own home. Go to WGALaw.com and click on the Seminars button at the top of the page. We're taking a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. We'll be right back after this. This is Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Go to WGALaw.com to register for Bill's free webinars happening on Wednesday, July 13th. If you want to learn more about long-term care assistance, Medicaid, VA benefits, this is a wonderful free opportunity for you. Sign up for Bill's free webinars by going to WGALaw.com and clicking on the Seminars button at the top of the page. You can also call the office. That phone number is 919 919- Two five six seven thousand nine one nine two five six seven thousand. We're out of time for today. On behalf of Bill Alexander, I'm Jason Kong, and we'll see you next weekend. You've been listening to Asset Protection Today with Attorney Bill Alexander. Have a wonderful weekend. <music>